Greetings. My name is Linda Talaferro, and this is the Being Brown at Work podcast. I help Black and Brown female professionals confidently and expertly navigate the corporate world so that they can reach new career heights and establish their seat at the table. So whether you're kicking off a new career, leaning in a new direction, or looking to climb the corporate ladder within your current job, I'm here to propel your career forward by giving you an insider's look at cultivating an executive mindset, creating leadership opportunities, establishing an executive presence, and more. So join me every week as I guide you towards becoming a leader in the corporate world and show you how to step into your true power and potential. Greetings, greetings, everyone. And yes, I'm going to say what I always say on Tuesdays. It's my favorite day of the week because it's being Brown at work live time. Ah, favorite day of the week. And I'm telling you this conversation, I don't know that I have words to describe how excited I am and how honored I am that this extremely talented, bold woman has decided to honor us with her presence as a guest. And when we get into this topic and when you get to know her, you're going to be like, yes, you're going to, yes, so glad as well. So we're going to just dive right in because this is some good stuff. And I, again, want you to meet this fabulous woman Cheryl Thompson is the founder of the Center of Automotive Diversity, Inclusion, and Advancement, which stands for CADIA, for short. CADIA is a mission-driven organization that supports diversity, equity, and inclusion for the automotive industry by providing professional development for individuals, along with resources, programs, and tools that drive organizational evolution. A veteran of the automotive industry, Cheryl has over 30 years of experience at Ford Motor Company and American Axle and Manufacturing in positions ranging from tool and die, tool and die, operations, manufacturing, engineering, or manufacturing engineering, excuse me, and global leadership. She is a certified diversity professional through the National Diversity Council. She is a Six Sigma certified black belt, girl after my own heart, and trained in leadership coaching. She received her undergraduate degree in manufacturing at Siena Heights University and her MBA from Michigan State University. I'm going to forgive her for that. They beat us. You know, you guys know I'm blue. I went to Ross, but that's okay. We're all Michiganers. Cheryl has been recognized as a 2019 Influential Women in Manufacturing honoree, a 2019 Court Manufacturing Salute to Diversity Award winner, Marketing and Sales Executives of Detroit Platinum Award, and is the recipient of two Diversity and Inclusion Awards from Ford Motor Company. So you know I had to have her on Being Brown at Work Live to talk about DEI. Cheryl, welcome to Being Brown. So happy to have you. Thank you, Linda. And I'm so happy to be here. Wow, what an introduction. And back at you. I just have been admiring your work for so long. 
you know, I we met at a uh, one of those conferences. It was a summit, yeah. and we were at one of those lunch and learn tables. And mm-hmm. I've just been following you ever since. And I just love this newest work that you're doing, being Brown at Work. And I've been tuning into your lives and have gotten so much out of it. I've heard you on podcasts. So I'm a big fan and so honored oh. to be here with you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Cheryl. So, you know, let's get this kicked off. So I just gave them a little taste of your background, 30 plus years at Ford. Why don't you share a little bit more? Tell us more about your time at Ford. And I know you started in Tool and Die, which is phenomenal for me. But let's share a little well, more. Actually, I started in food service. Um, if you oh. believe it. My, um, so I had my son when I was 18. So pregnant in high school at 17. I was waitressing. And, you know, it's good money. You're making tips. Yes. And my dad yeah. was an engineer at Ford. And he's like, you know, Cheryl, you should go apply at Ford. They had food service inside. And he said, maybe mm. they'll hire you and pay for your education, your benefits, you know, health care and all of that. So my mom drove me to the world headquarters building. I was wearing a gray suit and heels because it's the 80s. And I walk in and they hired me on the spot. They handed me an apron and said, can you start right now? Mm, (laughs) I had to go back up to the car and tell my mom to come pick me up later. But, you know, long story short, I went all the way through the coffee shop, executive dining room, penthouse. And then they were looking for women and minorities to come into their skilled trades program. Ah. And I thought electrician, pipe fitter, I know what that is. I can do that. And they needed people in tool and die. Linda, I thought I was going to make tools and dye them. I had no idea <laughs> what that was. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, so it. yeah, I, you know, went into engineering. It was such a great foundation for engineering. Yeah. And I'll just uh, share a quick story. You know, I got stuck as an engineering supervisor for about 10 years because mm. I did not see myself in leadership. Mm-hmm. I think that's really how I became passionate about this topic of DE&I. And I was talking to my boss one day and he's like, you know, Cheryl, you're ready for more. You're ready to be a manager. And I looked at him and I said, I don't want to have to act like you, you know, back in those days in the plants, right? Very old school, the fist pounding and all of that. And I thought, I'm going to have to turn into a man. I don't want to. Right, right, right. So he, he looks down his glasses at me and he's like, I don't know what you're talking about, kid, but I'll try to get you some help. So he hooked me up with Linda Cash. I don't know if you know Linda. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh, my my first real mentor, sponsor. I would say she was a sponsor, right? And I'm I'm waiting outside of her office to talk to her for my first mentoring discussion. And I can hear her on the phone and she's talking to her team. And she said, we need to get these engineers home from launch. They've been away from their families. We need to get them home. And, And it was like, the, you know, the skies open, the angels came. Mm. It was like, that's how I would be as a leader. So, you know, I I had a great discussion with her, gave me some tough love just about owning it, you know, and Mm -hmm. taking Mm -hmm. responsibility for your own career. And, you know, if you, if you want to change the game, you got to get in and Oh my gosh, just loved her to death. So oh, that's, wow. that's kind of like 
some highlights of my four. Yes, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. And and something that you said that I often talk about is is really knowing our worth, right? Getting out of our own way and and realizing what we do have to offer, and that that leadership does exist in us. And I've had similar experience you had, and had people, men predominantly, because that's who existed. Um, in my pathway that opened doors for me. So that's, I'm so glad you shared that, Cheryl. You know, what I wanted to jump in now, we titled this Things That Go Unsaid. Yes. And so for the audience that's that's listening tonight, we're going to talk about some things around DNI and really give some foundation as to why we are where we are today. Uh, and maybe some things that don't get talked about often. But I want you all to know that you're going to have to join us again next year because Cheryl's coming back and we're going to talk about solutions, systemic change to address these things that go unsaid. So Cheryl, what sparked you to launch Cadia? Share with us what what drove you. Was there an experience that you had and you just shared being, you know, one of the few women, if not the only women in Tool and Die and 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 whatnot. But was there anything else that in your experiences in time at Ford that drove you to to launch this business? I think it was the times where I felt like I had more to contribute and I wasn't mm. being given that opportunity. I think it was seeing others um, who had more to give and they weren't being given that opportunity. Um, getting outside of the auto industry a little bit to see what other great women were doing um, yes. really inspired me. It's like we have so much talent hidden underground, whether it's women, people of color, people with disabilities, like all of those diversity dimensions. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and you just think about the state of our industry right now. We're hurting for talent. The talent's yes. out there, right? So I think there. that's where it mm-hmm. started. I started off with women and then quickly realized it needs to be more than women. If we are working on um, making things better for women, it's going to make things better for everyone. Okay. We also know yes. that if we get more diversity in leadership, it makes it better for women. When we have more women in leadership, right, everything gets better. Oh, so. Absolutely. <laughs> There's no doubt about that, Cheryl. So let's talk a little bit. Let's dig into what's not said. Let's talk about some of the stuff that's unsaid. So I know one of the things that you shared with me, and I just was really, it kind of, although I've experienced it, obviously, as a Black woman in my career, being in the mobility transportation space, past car, commercial vehicle. uh, But when you shared with me in writing how you wanted to really synthesize this topic, you mentioned the definition of an ideal worker. Mm-hmm. and where that came from uh, long ago. Share a little bit more about that. Yes, yes. It's something I think quite a bit about. Mm-hmm. You know, our workplace, the systems that we have in place, the structures that we have in place, the hours that we work, <laughs> really were defined back in the 50s when it was mostly men working that had wives that were stay-at-home Right. They didn't need to have that second income. Um, They didn't need the flexibility. Um, And we haven't changed things. Right. So the the definition of an ideal worker has been really defined by that white male who acts, behaves, performs a certain way. Yes. Women don't necessarily perform and work that way. 
nor do people of color, right? Different cultures, different backgrounds. And I've been just thinking a lot about uh, what is the definition of high Mm. performance, right? Mm, What is the definition of success? What is the right way to communicate? You know, just I'm just looking at difference. And and uh, you, you've been a big part of my learning journey, whether you know it or not, just listening to some of the podcasts that you've been on. And and boy, this whole experience over the last year and a half to two years yeah. after, you know, since George Floyd was murdered. Right. We haven't had these conversations at work. <laughs> no, right. no. Right, Cheryl. And and you and I have talked about this and and there's for whatever reason, well, there's a lot of reasons. And I think we know that, right? It's that fear of bringing up the ethnicity or the race difference. But that fear can be paralyzing and unfortunately stunt or prevent growth, learning and understanding, right? Which is one of the reasons why I started being Brown at Work Live, right? I wanted people to hear from myself to hear from other women that look like me, uh, to hear from other brown women. Next week, I'm talking to a Latina, and she's going to be a guest of mine, um, Claudia Miller. Uh, and, you know, to, to let people hear our voices and really understand what it's like to be us. And so to your point, which is why when you and I met and connected immediately, you were open to that conversation. And I think it's unfortunate. And I know that's what you work with, with corporations, right? Helping them understand how to be okay with the conversation, how to peel back the onion. And then when you have it in your, okay, now I've got all this learning, what do I do with it, right? And so talk a little bit more, if you would, Cheryl, about the work you do around helping people exhale a little bit and allow themselves to have the dialogue you and I are having tonight? Well, I think it is making sure people understand that we're going to make a mistake. You know, Mm -hmm. if if we're really doing the work and having these conversations, we're Mm -hmm. likely going to put our foot in our mouth. I'll never Mm -hmm. forget. I'll go back and tell another tool and die story. I was uh, running a milling machine one time and I was, I was pushing the speeds and the feeds and the mill cutter went flying across the shop, right? It broke. And I was just like devastated. And a journey person came up to me and said, hey, if you never break a tool, you're not trying hard enough, right? Mm. <laughs> so you have to get out yes. of your comfort zone, yes. right? And your heart's yes. probably going to pound a little bit. I, the hair's going to stand up on the back of your neck. Your yes. body's going to be talking to you. <laughs> Oh yeah, got it. You've got to go like cross over that fear zone and then go into that learning zone to the right. So it's just like, how can we create that safety in our system? Do some deep breathing to get comfortable. You know, when we're going to have one of these conversations, and you know, to just to set that those ground rules ahead of time, let people know it's okay to make a mistake. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a few questions that you prime up ahead of time. But it, yeah. it's really making people feel comfortable and then really getting into it and, and being vulnerable, right? Oh, no, that's huge. Putting yourself out there, right? Yes. Oh, my gosh. That is so huge. You, you know, you have to allow yourself, give yourself that grace and that space. Yeah. Exactly. To be vulnerable. I know um, with my team, we've been doing psychological safety ever since last year. I kind of went from into a resilience leader in the stress management 
because last year was a lot, right? And then then this calendar year, we've been going into psychological safety training. And it's exactly that. It's helping people understand how to be okay with being uncomfortable, but to do so, or if you have to have a courageous conversation, to do so respectfully, right? To understand what it is, what it means to create a safe environment, and then to operate within that. Because Cheryl, if we don't have these conversations, we're going to have another 2020. And I'm not talking about just COVID. We're going to have more social unrest, more issues, which now we're living out in corporate America with people leaving positions and people, you know, the tension. I know I can feel it. I was talking to someone um, not long ago. I was like, I can just feel it when I'm walking around. You know, I'm I'm afraid. Should I hold the door? Should I not hold the door? Should I say hello? (laughs) Should I say hello? Should I not say hello? Right. And it's that tension piece. And so, you know, that's why the work you're doing at Cadia, so extremely important. Um, You know, I want I know you shared a story with me and I'd love for you to share it with the audience. You had you said you saw something going on with a discussion with two other women around hair. So can you share that? Yes, I was, um, it was when I was a tool and eye apprentice and, um, there were only six women in the apprenticeship program and mm-hmm. I was in the locker room and there was a black female and a white female and the white female said something to the black woman about her hair. And it was something about her braids. And I don't even remember what it was, but mm-hmm. that obviously she was offended and mm-hmm. she wanted to, to, like fight. And, and then oh. the white woman was upset with me that I didn't stick up for her. And I, and I was just sitting back thinking, Oh my gosh, I don't even know what just happened. And so right. I had a little bit of trauma, I think, you know, just mm-hmm. thinking, Oh my gosh, what if I say the wrong thing? I don't want to yeah. be racist. I, right. I don't, you know, so I, I think for a long time, I just was afraid and didn't say anything. And right. I know that didn't get me anywhere. So no, no it <laughs> I'm, doesn't. I'm a lot more brave. And I, yeah. this last year and a half, I've become even more brave. So yeah, I just, uh, it's, it's a learning journey for sure. And I know there is so much more that I have to learn. And, um, you know, just thinking about what doors can I open? Um, how can I help educate other people? So if I see something going on, where there is a bias, whether it's conscious or unconscious, <laughs> how can I stand up and say something, right? Exactly. Yes, Cheryl. And that's, you know, that's key. We talk about allyship a lot, right? I mean, that's a new word that's been pretty prevalent this last year. And I don't know that everybody understands fully what it means to be an ally, right? And if you were to ask uh, women of color, they would say, you know, we really don't have allies. We don't have as many as people say that. Right. Did you see that data? I think it's from McKenzie that said 80 percent of white women think we're allies to black women and only 10 percent of black women say, yes, white women, you are. (laughs) Exactly. What a difference. Right. So that lets you know we're we're supposedly in the same world. 
but mm. we're having different views of the same thing. Yeah. And I and I think it's around Cheryl what you just talked about. I think it's around the visibility of the allyship, right? Because I think people say they are, but when it comes to what you just mentioned, if you're in a room or if you see something, are you willing to stand up? Right. Are you willing to say something even for instance if I'm not in the room? Exactly. You know, are you willing to call it out and then hold it accountable and then be part of driving to a solution? That's why I think you got that 80%, 10%, right? I really do. What are your, some of your thoughts around that? Oh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I can tell you, I have stayed quiet in the past. You know, when mm. I heard a microaggression or somebody say something racist or make a racist joke, I have stayed quiet in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think it was Telva Magruder, and you've had her on being ground yes. at work before, yeah. but yeah. her and I had a conversation. I think it was shortly after she got her new role at GM. And, and she said, some, like, I think we were talking about what can white people do in general. And she said, it's very simple. <laughs> Speak up when we're not in the room, when we're not in the room, like when it is all white people <laughs> in their room and there's something that's said say something, speak up. So that's learning for me. And it takes courage. That's the piece. It does. It takes courage. And although it may sound simple, and I know Telva said it is because it is simple, right? It's not simple to do. It's not easy to do because it does take courage. And then you have to think about, okay, I've got relationships with these people in the room. What are they going to think about me? You know, all of that comes into play. Right. And, you know, will it hurt my career? Will I be in negative standing? But I'm going to tell you, you know, I've I've heard of some people in my life and I've even been the a recipient of people in my career who have done just that, who have spoken when I wasn't in the room. Uh, And I've heard of others who have advocated for other people during a situation. And I tell you, it makes such the difference. And it sends such a message, uh, not just to the people that are in the room or the person that's being directed to, but to the organization, to everyone else, because the, the, it ripples like, you know, when you throw a stone in the pond, that ripples out and it ripples in such a positive way. And so, you know, Cheryl, we're going to probably wrap our first session tonight. I'm telling you, everyone, you got to join us in 2022 because I have a list of, of recommended systemic change that this fabulous woman has come up with. And what I love is that she calls it retooling for equity. So you have got, yes, (laughs) you've got to come back in 2022. So watch the post. I'll let you know when she's coming back so we can talk about retooling for equity, which is her words. And I love it. But Cheryl, as we start to wrap our session tonight, uh, you know, what would you offer to both, you know, uh, white people, black people, women of color uh, regarding the things that go unsaid and how we can start to shift that narrative in a positive way? What would you offer? How do we shift that narrative in a positive way? I mean, boy, we're all in this together, right? Yes. First yes. of all, recognize that. Um, yes. You know, if, if we've got to get away from that zero sum game, 
Mm. Right. Um, yes. It, it's it's people feel when we talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Unfortunately, the the majority, the, let's just face it, white males in our industry, yeah. um, you know, some of them feel like they they have something to lose. Yes. Um, so I think yes. we have to get over that. It it's not if, if a person gets a piece of pie, it's going to be less for me. It's we're we're going to have a bigger piece of pie. <laughs> Um, yes, so so yes. that's, that's what we all need to remember. And when we I'll just give a little uh, preview into this whole retooling for talent, you know, we were talking about the things that go unsaid or how we can speak up and be better allies. That's not only in a conversation in a room, but it goes to things like putting someone forward for a promotion mm. or an opportunity where they're going to have that. Uh, visibility or exposure to help position themselves for advancement. It's putting someone forward for a new role where they may not have all the boxes checked. How do we get this person the help they need? You know, look at my boss uh, who said she, okay, she needs to talk to a woman. I don't, I don't know what she's talking about, but I'll try to get her some help. And she hooked me up. He hooked me up with Linda, right? It's like, how do I find, how do I find that person the help that they need? Yeah. Taking that extra step, going that extra mile. Oh, that's huge. That's huge. You know, and, and that's part of being part of the solution. That's, and it starts with the conversation, but you're right, Cheryl, it requires that effort and that intentional effort, right? To move the needle and those that sit in the seats of power, those that have the control right now, which is predominantly white men can make the difference. And to your point, it's not a zero sum game. It's not a win lose. It's a win win. There's the same study that you shared about 80% white women think they're allies, 10% black women says they believe it's true. There's studies out there that show when we have more women in seats of uh, decision-making seats and PNL responsibilities, all the like, and we have more diversity in those seats, uh, executives and above, the revenue generation that takes place, the progress, the growth that takes place in these corporations when women have those seats there's studies out there that show the data exists, right? right? So, you know, to your point, I, I think it's worth restating. We've It's a mindset shift. We really have to change how we think about this thing. Cheryl, it's not a loss for you that I'm out here doing my thing at Green and Brown work. Look at it. You and I are now right. working together yep. with the same mission and goal, right? That's the same thing for everybody else. But we have to be open and willing to have these conversations. We we do. We have to be open and willing to have these conversations. And we do have to step outside of that comfort zone again. Mm. If, you know, if I, if I notice someone and, and let's just say it's a person of color or a, another diversity dimension and they don't have a warm, welcoming look or smile on their face you got to work beyond that and and yes. understand a little bit of where they may be coming from. Yes. What they do not know, right? Maybe yes. they are a little timid and shy or may, maybe um, they're frustrated because it's been years and years and they haven't had anyone support. So they're a little skeptical or yes. cynical, yes. right? How do you yes. break through that barrier? So, exactly. 
You're right, Cheryl. And take away the preconceived notions that that individual that's looking disconnected, looking angry or whatever it is, is is now not worth your time. Now not worth you walking over and saying, hey, how are you? Love to get to know you. That's the mindset shift. That's the mindset shift that needs to take place. Oh, it is. It is. Because, you know, we and I myself, you know, grew up with parents that would give me that look. Right. And, And we're a little critical. And so I've had to train myself that you can't pay attention to the way somebody's face, (laughs) you know, I always always have to say, Oh, are they mad at me? Did I do something? Are they mad at me? Did I do something to offend them? So that's been another big learning for me. Yes. Just approach people. And I'm always surprised. I get a smile back and you know, 99% of the time, my assumption was wrong. Wrong. (laughs) Exactly. Oh my gosh, Cheryl. See, I knew it's almost seven o'clock here in the Michigan area. I knew this 30 minutes was going to fly by. How did this happen, Linda? What happened? (laughs) I don't know. Can we turn? Oh, you know what? We lost an hour. We should turn it back. (laughs) Back again. One more hour. But you know what, Cheryl, that, you know, I, I knew this time was going to fly. This is such critical conversation, though. And I thank you so much for joining me on Being Brown at Work Live. Uh, we're going to continue this dialogue, everyone. Like I said, join us. It's probably going to be January, February. We haven't locked in dates on the calendars yet, but just watch the postings because Cheryl's going to come back on Being Brown at Work Live. And we're going to now take the topic back in the future from things that go unsaid to now, what can we do about it, right? It's the systemic changes. What actions can we take to retool uh, for equity? I love retooling for equity. I'm a you're going to see that a lot. I will put your name under it, Cheryl, though, because it's, it's, oh, your, okay. it's your words, but I just, but I just love it. I love it because that is exactly what we need to do because this thing isn't new. So I, that's why I love the retooling, right? Because it's not new and it's, it's a, it's looking at what already exists and how can we fine tune it? How can we sharpen it? How can we shift some of it so that we do create an equitable surrounding? Cheryl, oh my gosh, I can't express. Thank you so much for your time this evening, for you sharing your wisdom and your learnings, for you opening up. And then I would have just personally for stepping out and and walking in your purpose and starting Cadia. Mm-hmm. I, I just it, it just phenomenal work that you're doing and, and courageous work. I know it's not easy work at all, uh, but you listen to your calling and you walked in your purpose and you do it. I watch you from a distance and you do it with excellence. And I just thank you for that. Thank you. Thank so you, much. Linda. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And I'm so excited to come back. <laughs> ah, it's an honor. Okay, everyone, we're going to see you with Cheryl in 2022. But you know, I'm here most every Tuesday being Brown at Work Live. It was awesome. Drop some comments. We would, Cheryl and I would love to hear about your experiences, maybe with somebody that may have raised their hand for you when you weren't in the room, or maybe some challenges that you're having. Please share them with us. You know, we're going to come back next year with solutions. And I know Cheryl would love to hear from you as well. All right. Until next time. Take care, everyone. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, I have so much more to offer you. Book a complimentary call with me at lindatalaferro.com slash free consultation so you can start unapologetically achieving your own professional goals 
as a woman of color and establish a presence as more than just an employee. Let's go deeper, reach your professional goals, and apply this life-changing work to your career and beyond so you can rock your corporate game and get that seat at the table. 